0: My name is Madeline Flint. Welcome back to my podcast, The Essentials. I am highly anticipating this coming Tuesday because it's election day. And in my house, it's always been a tradition to have every radio, yes, the physical radios, not just the radios that are built into our smartphones, but radios, every TV and phone turned to the live election, incoming results. Today, I wanna talk about some of the important things going forward towards this big day. But first and foremost, please vote. I can't stress it enough. So many people don't think that their vote counts for anything. And this is especially true among young Republicans and conservatives after the last election. They do have their strong beliefs and good morals. But after watching Dumb and Dumber take the office, they lost hope that their votes would have any impact at all in the future. The answer is yes, your votes still matter. Participating in voting is a major freedom that we as individual citizens of the United States get to have. Not everyone in the world is that fortunate, and so many Americans take it for granted. It's important to exercise your rights. While it may feel like your votes don't do anything directly, they do. There is power in numbers. And while there is no constitutional amendment or direct law that makes voting mandatory, it has been made more and more inclusive so that any legal and registered American citizen should be able to vote at age 18 and older. Anybody younger than 18 is not permitted to vote legally. Before I was 18, and I don't know if everybody else noticed this, probably, but Instagram and Snapchat were always pushing register to vote, register to vote at me and when you open an account on those apps they make you enter your birthday and i didn't do anything like faking my birthday or putting in that i was older than i was and it was still sending me those bubbles to go out and vote underaged i don't know how legitimate it was though because i never followed through with any of it but i'm wondering if in the past presidential election anybody who was younger than 18 was voting on snapchat i don't know i'm not sure if it's actually possible though So you do have to be a legal US citizen to vote, and it sounds like nonsense, but you have to be living to vote, and you must vote in the state that you currently live in. Each person is only supposed to vote once. Now, just the other night, I was sitting with my sister. She was talking to me about an assignment she had for her American history class. Um, She's a junior in high school. I remember taking the class when I was a junior at that high school, And one of the questions on the assignment was talking about, would you reenact different voting laws or would you enact brand new ones or what are your opinions on the ones that exist? All of that stuff. So we were talking about whether or not the voting age should be lowered um, below 18. And she was like, no, no way. People that are younger than 18 should not be allowed to vote at all. And it's interesting because it's a pretty talked about argument where a lot of people think that voting should be lowered. But there are reasons that even as 18 year olds, there are still a lot of legal restrictions on us. I say us, I mean me, (laughs) because I'm in that age group, But anybody in that age group, really. But there are still a lot of legal restrictions on teenagers. So why would you allow the voting age to be lowered to kids who can't drive after 9pm? It's just not right. And even though there are some really smart teenagers who are really mature for their age and everything the brain does not physically develop fully until like age 25 i think i've talked about that before on past episodes but brain maturity and development is between like 21 and 25 everybody's different but around there is when you're fully matured so even 18 is pretty young but at least by then you know some stuff you have your wits about you for the most part so, lowering the voting age to kids who are not even attuned to politics would be really detrimental to the country because these kids are not going to know what policies that the representatives that they might be voting for are going to be enacting. Speaking of policies that resulted in our country being in a disastrous state right now, we may wonder how can we ever fix this? So, daily. We check the news and we go outside the house to grocery shop or to get gas and to go to school and to attend events and activities, but we are seeing how terrible it is out there. Lower and middle-class people, also people on fixed incomes like retirement plans and students are barely able to stay financially afloat right now. The cities are more crime-ridden than ever thanks to the left's easygoing bail laws. Why not be a criminal when there are no consequences for you? Gas prices have skyrocketed. And now that they're down some, like a few cents, Biden and his people are acting like they did something momentous and helpful. And Americans are still financially stressed. Taxes are continuing to climb. Your personal rights to carry are being threatened at every angle and criminals continue to be criminals. Education is in shambles. The way that the left and public administration have destroyed school structure, especially since the pandemic, is really, really hurting the students. According to an article published on October 31st, 2022, one in three voters say that fixing the economy should be the top priority. And our economy is slipping into a recession thanks to Biden and his admin. Big government spending, and the left loves to do this, is very, very disastrous when it comes to keeping a healthy economy. Of course, the government does not have its own money, so in order to get any money to spend, it has to tax the citizens. So as taxes begin to increase, food prices begin to increase, equipment and everything that farmers need to continue to grow all of their products so that we can have food in the grocery stores is also beginning to increase. They can't afford what they need. We can't afford the food. What happens when we go to the gas stations is pretty self-explanatory. So all of that stuff combined is very, very financially stressing and the entire cost of living has gone up. Now, there are a lot of people who would tell you that the way that our economy is going downhill is because of capitalism and how that negatively affects everybody. But capitalism is one of the only systems, if not the only system, that really helps you to be able to prosper financially as an individual based on the amount of work that you're doing and be able to keep that money for you. But we also have the government taxing the people, giving money to other people, who can't work. So there is a little bit of sharing. And in some cases, like healthcare, I feel like that is helpful, because imagine paying medical bills directly out of pocket. That would be really bad, because everything is very, very expensive. But we've gone so far in government spending, and the way that the government is spending the money it's taking from us isn't even benefiting us here in america we're sending billions overseas to other countries who are just using us and we have plenty of natural resources right here on our federal reserves talking about gas we could be drilling so that the prices would go down but instead we're going to saudi arabia and other countries and begging them to send us their gas so that's causing everything to rise because we're importing instead of deporting And we have all the resources to help ourselves, we're just not doing that because of who's in office. We also got super, super involved in the problems that are happening over in Ukraine between Russia and Ukraine, and we're sending billions out to them too. And I still feel bad for all of the civilians on both sides who are being very severely impacted by the war that's raging over there. because. That really is a devastation to everybody who is just an innocent civilian over there trying to get through their lives. I can't even imagine what that would feel like. So while America is sending all of our money over there, we're importing gas, which we were not doing under Trump. We were exporting. We're one of the biggest exporters in the world. That's why our gas prices were so good. Our stock market is really fragile and inflation just continues to rise. So no matter what, the people are losing money, and nobody wants to lose their hard-earned money. So we're conversing with our like-minded friends and family about how horrible everything is and how ridiculous the impending laws passed from the feds to the states are. Picture this. Everybody's getting all passionate about the changes that they want to see in our country, and then when they're asked about voting, somebody's like, oh, I don't want to. But you want to see changes, right? Voting is the only way to do that because voting directly impacts who is in office vote out the people making the problematic laws people are going to go out to the ballot boxes and they're going to vote and they're going to vote in people who they think are best going to reflect what they want to see happen in our country i think we're in for a red wave and it's also really important to be aware of the current political climate of the country public policy plays a massive role in all of our lives right down to the organization of your computer keyboard and so many people are just so ignorant of the world around them there's not too much more annoying than trying to reason with an ignorant person especially a politically ignorant person now ignorant does not mean uneducated i want to make that clear this is where the radical left loves to wrongly label and accuse people who mean no harm and who aren't being ignorant and insensitive If I were to ask a radical left-wing college student if they knew anything about the structure of an ATP synthase enzyme and what it does, and they didn't know because, say, they weren't a science major, I wouldn't be like, oh, you're so insensitive to science, you're so stupid and ignorant, you're so unwoke. why don't you get woke? No, they just didn't know. They weren't interested, so they didn't look it up. They're not a bad person for not knowing that. Now, if I asked a pro-abortion protester if a baby is alive in the womb before it's born, and she said no and went on to tell me why, I would consider extreme ignorance because a lot of these people know that the baby has a heartbeat and anything with a beating heart is alive. And they choose to dehumanize the baby because it makes abortion seem less wrong. And there are a lot of members of Biden's government who would agree with the protester going against the biological science of life. So do we want to keep voting these people in? I don't. So I actually do want to clarify on what I mean by ignorant, not meaning uneducated, because as an adjective, just in normal context, ignorant does mean lacking knowledge or awareness in general. But a lot of times it's used incorrectly in politically charged discussions where the user doesn't really have anything smart or factual to say. And so they're just like, you're ignorant. So it's more of an insult. It's like you're insulting somebody and ignorant gets these negative connotations about people being completely stupid if they didn't know about something. So under those terms, I'm saying that ignorant does not equate to stupidity or insensitivity because a really nice person may not know everything about one topic. And if somebody decided to debate them and they didn't know that much and they were like, you're ignorant, you're so stupid. And they kind of associate those two things together. that's really unfair because that person's not stupid, they just didn't know. So that's what I mean by that. So moving on to something that I think is really fun. I have um, latest election polls pulled up. And as of Friday, November 4th, it is looking like there are more red candidates in the lead than blue right now, but I mean, everything is subject to change until Tuesday. Um, Right now, Carrie Lake is ahead in Arizona in the governor's race, which is really cool. I wish I lived in Arizona because I love Carrie Lake. And in Georgia, we have the Republicans ahead. Kemp is up eight points. Oz is ahead of Fetterman in Pennsylvania. I'm not a huge fan of Oz, but he's ahead. Rubio is ahead in Florida. So that's really cool. That's a Senate race. DeSantis, he is so awesome. He's ahead by 12 points in Florida. This is a gubernatorial or governor race. And then we have a lot of other Republicans that are getting ahead. And there is a tie right now between Kelly and Masters in Arizona. That is a Senate race. But... I'm going to have my dad, podcast host of the Pac-Man podcast, also on the BMG Network, talk a little bit about what's happening in New York regarding parts of the election process that are happening here. So I'm going to turn the mic over to him for a little while.
1: Thank you, honey. Let's let's begin, I guess, with what's happening in New York State. There is a proposition on the back of the ballot. It's not on the front, and I think a lot of people aren't aware of it, but it's called Prop 1. Now, I don't know the... uh, The nuts and bolts of it i know generally what it's about it is it's a scheme basically it has a lot to do with uh, climate change and the green new deal it would be bad for new york state it would be very costly and without going into details because i don't have the details to be honest with you i would vote no i'm not going to tell you how to vote because that's not what we're about here but i see a lot of signs in in, where i live in the village all the liberals say vote yes on prop one vote yes so if they're voting yes on Prop 1, it would be wise to vote no. Because I, the way I vote, I vote uh, for limited government, uh, for, for things that are not going to cost us that much. I mean, some things are costly, but some things don't have to be costly. And Prop 1, I think, is, is just a scheme. So don't fall for it. Another thing, the, uh, the judges in the fourth judicial district, there are, there's some uh, trickery uh, going on here. The Democrats have secured, three of them have secured the conservative, line how they did this I don't know I don't have the particulars yet but it would be safe to say if you're if you're a conservative and you want conservative jurists vote row B don't vote on the conservative line it's too confusing and I'll give you the, the, the three names that are that are Democrats these people are Democrats but they got the conservative line uh, Mueller I don't know his first name Mueller Versace those Versace's out of Schenectady. He's a Democrat, and I can't think of the third one. The three Republican conservative candidates. So again, vote Row B if you're inclined. Are Chris Obstarchik, uh, Allison McGahey, and uh, I can't. I think it's Robert Kupferman. Those are the three jurists. If you believe in limited government and conservative uh, values, vote Row B when it comes to the fourth judicial district. Those three. Candidates are the true conservatives Not Mueller, not Versace uh, Prop 1, that's the only thing I want to mention From New York State, the rest of it I've covered pretty much Over the last several uh, Of my podcasts, and I, I have a piece Of audio from Obama they, they, They're bringing out Obama The Democrats, they are, are really afraid they, they I guess they took Hillary out of the crypt She's been out, uh, you know, knocking uh, Carrie Lake, she said I, I wouldn't let Carrie Lake anywhere near Power, because that's how most Americans feel about Hillary. So she's out there. Obama's out there. And then what Obama said about Herschel Walker is comical because these people are so desperate. They know what's going to happen Tuesday. and uh, But Obama said, I'll give you just a little a tease. I'll get, a synopsize what he said. Basically, he said that uh, if you want politicians, we need to hire somebody who knows about politics. Herschel Walker is not a politician. That would be an advertisement for Herschel Walker. That would be a reason I and millions of Americans would want to vote for him because he's not a politician. And uh, he said, look, can you imagine me being uh, in the backfield with my narrow, old narrow behind and getting hit by some 300 pound lineman? He was taking a shot at Herschel being an ex-running back. He was a great running back. Obama acknowledged as much, but you don't want him as your representative if you're in Georgia. Well, I do. I, I think people like Herschel Walker uh, should be in, in, in Congress and in the Senate. I think they, they best represent the people. I think they are just exactly what we need in the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate. So Herschel Walker running against Raphael Warnock, and I guess he uh, that race is a dead heat at this point. And uh, that's about it. We'll we'll cover more uh, certainly uh, Tuesday evening, election night. We'll uh, have the program for you, my program, the Pac-Man podcast for you on Wednesday. I'm going to turn it back to my daughter, Madeline.
0: Okay, so that was great. I'm really glad to have had my dad on there to tell you guys about some of the other things, some of the inner workings of the election processes going on, not only in New York, but also in Georgia. And in short, guys, make sure you're going out to vote. Go out and vote in person if you can. There's nothing wrong with paper. I know it feels super old-fashioned because everything is digital nowadays, but voting on paper is the best way to ensure that your ballot at least makes it untouched to the scanner machine. So... Good luck, everybody. Keep your eyes out for any weird, suspicious activity. So go out and vote for the candidates who you think are going to best represent America. And as always, thank you for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you guys have a great weekend. And I will catch you guys all back next week right here on the BMG Network.